thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Hey, glad you're here, people. If I were you, I would have given up on me by now. I would have labeled me a, a lost, lost cause. Because I feel just like a lost cause. If I were you, I would have turned around and walked away. I would have labeled me beyond repair. Because I feel like I'm beyond repair. But somehow you don't see me like I do Somehow you're still here You're the God who stays You're the God who stays You're the one who runs in my direction When the whole world walks away You're the God who stands With wide open arms be your hope people I used to hide every time I thought I let you down always thought I had to earn my way but I'm learning you don't work that way Cause somehow you don't see me like I do somehow you're still here you're the God who stays you're the God who stays you're the When the whole world walks away, you're the God who stands with wide open arms. And you tell me nothing I have ever done could separate my heart from the God who stays. My shame can't separate, my guilt can't separate, my past can't With 
Amen, people. Yep, there you go, people. That was Matthew West. Yeah, it is. His song, The God Who Stays, which actually is a very, very good song. Oops, wait a minute. I can go ahead and throw that there. Is there a reason there's a white square over there? Just to distract you. Yeah, I just want to make sure. All right, people. Anyway, so today, tonight, hopefully... We will be able to be broadcasting over on Periscope, where I show one person in the chat room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sean. Sean is there. The one lone person that Periscope let in. You're lucky, mister. Yeah, you are. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, how did you guys like the show that we did last night? Hmm? The one with Stephen Wood, the magician. Yeah. Now, I have a question. Uh, my question is, I'm not sure what Bareface is showing me, but is there a reason you're showing me that stuff? I just thought you might be interested, that's all. Oh, in, in what's going on on the screen? Oh, that's that's on Twitch. Oh, wow. We got 32 followers over there. Yeah, we do. We're growing big been, time over there. And 829 views. Just Wow. So, where else have we grown? massively in size well anyway as i started saying so stephen wood was our guest last night yeah he is was yeah he was i don't know about you but i thought he was great he was um entertaining uh biblical very articulate definitely for sure um and i have a question for you guys put in one if you would be interested in attending a magic show that would benefit Bible News Radio because you'd have to pay for it. It would be $30 for a ticket to go and see him do a whole hour plus of magic that you would actually get to participate in too. If you have a deck of your own cards, you could come as well, bring your cards. So let me know that's something that's interesting that would be interest that would interest you because last night we were talking about how he does some of these shows to support people. Ugh. And um well, we are in need of support. So he asked if I would be interested in having him do a show for us. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I'd be interested in in uh, doing that. Um but of course before we commit to anything, I would like to find out if you guys would actually come if we did because you know it is what it is hey annie nice to see you there so put a one if you would be interested in coming to a paid magic show from a christian magician that does a lot of cool tricks and helps people like me and others with their ministries because it's totally gospel centered um and clean family fun it would be on zoom so you'd have to be able to get on zoom for the live show um and of course there'd be limited seating as well because we can't have five million people in the room but we could have you know some people in the room just so you know i will be sending out an email about this later as well or a text message if you're on our text message list all right on the second note here wait a minute 
I gotta get over on YouTube if I can see that there. Okay. Yep, well, the archive is available, just so you know. Okay. All right. So the other thing is, um, I have a daily disciples group on Facebook. And in that group, we are trying to encourage you in your, in your walk with the Lord on a daily basis to encourage you to read the Bible. So this week, okay, I should say last week, we read the book of Romans. Some of us did. Some of us read few, a little bit of bit. Some of us read all of it. Some of us didn't read any of it, um, which puzzles me because Christians should be in God's word every day. But that's just me. I think that. Um, and I know people struggle with that. So part of what we're trying to do is encourage you by, by, by reading together something from the word of God. So this week, the week of May 17th, the day before Bareface's birthday. Mm-hmm. We are going to be reading the book of Ephesians, which only has six chapters as opposed to 16 chapters. So it's 10 less chapters. Literally, you can read this book in 10, 15 minutes. Easy. The whole thing. Uh, but we're going to give you a whole week to read the book of Ephesians this week. And so I want you to join with me in doing that. If you're in my Daily Disciples Facebook group, then you can answer my poll question, yes or no, if you're going to do that with us. Uh, I will get in there as much as I can this week and talk about some of what's in there. Um, but I want to encourage you in God's word, people. Yeah, I do. Okay. Thirdly, I want to share with you something completely non-relevant to anything. I want to show you something I did today because... You know, last night, me and Steven were talking about sewing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll show you what I made today. Check this out. See this? Look at that. Is that is that awesome or what? This is one of these neck warmer thingies. Is that awesome? I made this all by myself with the help of verbal instruction. I didn't actually, you know, didn't do that. But you know how these people sell these for $25, $30? I thought, you know what? I can make one of my own. I don't need somebody. I don't need to be spending $20 or $30 on one of these things anymore. You know, this is filled with rice. has essential oil on it, in it. And um, it smells really good. I wish you could smell it. This has ylang, ylang essential oil on it. Um, I made one for Randall, too. wasn't really a birthday gift, but, you know. Anyway, this is, check it out. You like it? Yes, it's sewing and reaping. It has a three compartment sewing. You can see that right there. I know, you're super impressed, aren't you? Yep. And, um, yeah. And Bareface can attest that I did it. Yep. And my sewing teacher, who's 87, actually told me I did a better job on the one I made for Randall. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to order one of these from me, you might get substandard work, but I could do it for you. Yeah, I could. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I'm I impressed with just two sewing lessons. You're, yeah. you're making, you know, functional well, this, stuff. This is actually what I wanted. I know. That's why you this, wanted to learn to that's sew. That's why I wanted to, to learn this. to sew, so I can make these. And yeah, and you're... Yep. I mean, look uh, at that stitching. I did that. 
And just two lessons. Yeah, you're, two lessons. That's it. You're threading a sewing machine and Why? all this stuff and calling the parts out and well, shuttles and bobbins and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> it's funny. This is so out of my element, you guys. <laughs> I, I actually, I should take that off my neck, but I am not a crafty. I my my arts are not okay. You'll order two, but you don't even know how much I would charge. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Um, but here's the thing: the um, it didn't take me. I had to. I actually really had to learn how to use the sewing machine because I inherited this machine from my dad's dead wives, um, and I didn't. You know, I haven't had it. I'm just sharing part of my life, people. I have, I've never, I, I took sewing in high school, which was a long time ago, as y'all know, because you're all old like me. Anyway, the long story short was, uh, one of the few things that I bought numerous times on Etsy, you know, and stuff like that, is, they're usually about 25 bucks a piece, right? Well, I understand why, because it depends on what you put in them. You can put flaxseed in them, which is quite expensive, or you can put rice in them, which is what this is. This is actually rice. Um, of course, essential oil, and then the cost of fabric and all that. So I don't know, Sean. I'd have to, you know, obviously I'd probably make it compatible with what most people charge, um, but I'd have to get, I have to get, what do you call, um, you know, fabric gotta get fabric um and then of course i'd have to buy some stuff because um, what i can tell you is that <clears throat> without an essential oil it does this is rice so it actually smells like rice a little bit if you sniff it so you would definitely want to get essential oil on it um and uh i can tell you what we put a little yang yelang lang on here and um it's actually pretty good it smells really nice and it's not inside it's actually on the fabric but it you can't smell the rice as a result you can smell only the thing and even randall said it smells good so yeah but yeah we'll see if you want to humor me <clears throat> um yeah well we'll talk because I have to get some fabric and my friend said that there's really not a whole lot of fabric available right now. So I guess we got to figure out, you know, what kind of fabric to get and stuff. Um, but anyway, so it's kind of, it was relaxing, oddly relaxing. And yes, I did learn how to go forward and backwards and do corners and do double stitching. It was fun. So, <laughs> all right. So, <clears throat> Uh, what else? What was the other thing I was going to tell you? Let's see. Next week on Friday, I do have a guest, another guest. His name is Elmo, Elmo Picard. And Elmo is really his real name. It's Elmo. Elmo wrote a book called The Politicalization. What? Sorry. Go ahead. No, say it. Politicization. Politicization. Politicalization. Politi politicization. Politicization. There we go. Of the church. Anyway, he's also in this networking group I was in. Really interesting guy. He's written a couple of books. He actually spent time in a kid's jail when he was a kid. Yeah, he did. 
And then he was a Gideon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, he's written a couple of books. He's going to be my guest on Friday. Um, and I think that, uh, I think you guys should make a plan to come Friday. Okay. Cause in case you haven't figured out, I'm making up for doing a daily show by doing the Bible study and the daily devotion thing during the middle of the week. So then on Friday we do a guest and, or the news or something like that. So here's the other thing. If you want some feedback, um, about, you know, what you would like us to share on the show, then uh, let me know. In fact, Sean, you shared with me a video. I wanted to share share about that really fast, Bareface. Um, I didn't send you it, but I'll just talk about not. it. It's actually very short, but Sean and a whole bunch of other people have been sending me videos and stuff going on. There's so much in the news. Um, but there is a uh, article, it's a video over on Eyewitness News Channel 7. And at some point, in less than three weeks, hopefully, you will no longer see this from me. You see my eyeballs? You'll see, you, you'll have my glasses. I'll have glasses on and I'll be able to see there and here and here. I'll be able to see perfect. It'll be awesome. Anyway. So it says here, Chicago reopening, Lightfoot warns churches, worshipers who plan to defy stay-at-home order through Sunday uh, service as Chicagoans and the rest of the country struggle to find a balance when it comes to reopening amid the coronavirus pandemic. Some establishments like churches are looking to take matters into their own hands. For those who threaten to defy the state and local orders, Mayor Lori Lightfoot has sent her own warning. Yeah, she has. This is not playing Russian roulette. This is playing with a gun that is fully loaded and cocked, Lightfoot said. I feel that if we're able to go to Walmart or Walgreens, we should be able to go to church, said Jimmy Lee Tillman II. Tillman is a South Sider who said he plans to go to church this Sunday at his Englewood House worship in defiance of the state's stay-at-home order. I'm not going to to let the government tell me how I can worship when I can worship where I can worship. This is America. I have a right to worship, he said. Yeah, he did. I even heard him. The pastor at the New Canaan Land Mount Baptist Church where Tillman plans to attend said he's expecting to have a traditional in-person service. The pastor said his plan to keep the audience under 10 people while still requiring churchgoers to wear masks and adhere to social distancing guidelines. Now, there is a part of me that's like, why even bother if you can only have 10 people in your church? I mean, why? I mean, that the, whatever. Anyway, however, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, which I cannot make this up. That's her real name, said she's reached out to several other local churches planning to have full Sunday services and warned them that if they reopen, she has no problem taking enforcement action. To which I would say, hey, I'm going to tap my app, man. I'm going to call Legal Shield and tell them, here, talk to my attorney. Ugh. Anyway, it says here, we've been in contact with those churches, both by letter, but also in contact with other leaders and tried to engage them in conversation rather than being in conflict, she said. The mayor wouldn't share specifics of what, if any, enforcement actions would be taken, but she said she cannot look away from noncompliance. How much do you want to make a bet that all the crimes that Obama did in that area, if she was around, that she completely looked the other way? 
any hands. Just kidding. Uh, I'd say. Well, anyway, I'm done. Okay. Go ahead. You sure? Yes. I just wanted to say thank you, Sean, for sending that to me. Yeah, definitely, I agree. As far as, as far as you know, freedom of worship, when and where and how. Yep. Uh, shouldn't be infringed upon. If you're going to Walmart or something, or even out to eat, that's different. There's people you may not know who've been in contact with people you don't know, and that is, you know, and if you're afraid of getting the virus, that is a little bit like Russian roulette. Or if you're going to Walmart or something like that, which is totally legal, you know, they're... For now. Yeah, for now. You know, there you could run into people you don't know. You you're each there to get some things. There isn't any sort of agreement. There isn't a there isn't a freedom of association. You're not going there to associate with people. You're going there to get supplies or whatever. And and yeah, that's all right. You know, that seems a little more random in Russian roulette to me. A worship service, people that you know, you know, it's if it's a especially the smaller congregation it's everybody that knows everybody else, and they're choosing to meet together. Not randomly choosing to go somewhere so they can get something they need. They're choosing to associate. Uh, freedom of association. So, I mean, if... Okay, let's be a little somewhat crass here. Someone who's... What, hey, someone you who's, should live on the edge tomorrow. You're going to be 56, man. Officially a curmudgeon. <sighs> Someone who's HIV positive, someone that has AIDS, they're perfectly legal to have consensual, intimate relationships with anybody they want. If someone's cool with that, that's perfectly legal. But but people who have no symptoms of, of a less deadly virus, less serious virus choose to associate be in the same room at the same time somehow you know the wrath of the you know municipal government is going to come crashing down you know like what what the heck i mean i don't care if it's you know the elks lodge a church you know the women's club whatever if if they they're all consensual that hey you know, we're going to meet, we're choosing to associate with each other, meet in this place, then that should be totally fine. There's, And it is totally fine. It's completely constitutional. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you can, again, if you can meet with strangers in Walmart or a restaurant, whatever, where you, where it's not by choice, you're not choosing to associate with the people, it's just you have to go in there to get your toilet paper, paper towels, or whatever it is. But that's perfectly fine. Where you're running the risk of, you know, running into unknown people. You know, how much, if that's perfectly fine and legal, how much more people choosing to associate together in a in a single place with without a third party involved, not without getting a restaurant involved or a retailer or something like that, and liability costs and stuff. It's people, hey. We're going to get together and worship. Yeah. Um, of course, the uh, mayor or whoever hasn't said, how, you know, what actions will be taken. But try taking that to court and see how it applies. Well, you know, 
not that I'm that smart or anything, but one thing I've noticed um, is that governors, this is why it's important to vote for the right type of governor people. Because, like, if you look at the governor in California, Gavin Newsom, Mr. Insanity himself, tinfoil mm -hmm. head man. Anyway, whatever you want to call that wacko. Um, <laughs> well, we no, my friends in California, unless they're flaming liberal, are not real thrilled with what he's doing. I mean, we were in a meeting last night with people from California, and, and we were told by the people that live in California that they have a mandated three-more-month stay at home in California. Okay? Three more months! Here in, here in Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee, while as I don't agree with some stuff he's done, uh, he has actually opened our state back up. And, you know, even though we are not happy with some of the pickleball Nazi rules that they have, <laughs> at least Randall and I were able to do our potato club with people that showed up. Um, and have lunch with people. We didn't have to sit six feet apart or yell across the room. Um, you know, they separated parties. Uh, and some church services, actually, I don't know of any actual church services that have actually gotten back together yet, but like our church did a drive-in church, which I didn't go to. We, we went down to the truck stop today and nobody showed up for that, but whatever. We got up early, we showed up, which is all that matters in terms of obedience to what God calls you to do. But, you know, some people are being reasonable, some people are not. And I know a lot of people who are really upset with what's going on. Um, and I think there's more sane people who think, that it's it's gone way overboard. I mean, I'm I'm calling Legal Shield tomorrow about my dad's place because there is zero reason why I as his daughter cannot go visit him in person. Absolutely zero reason. I am not I don't have COVID. Yeah, or at least I don't believe I do. And I'm not going to think I do cuz that's stupid. Um but there I mean there's no reason why the elderly have to be suffering the way that they are. I mean, there's no reason why there can't be the same type of precautions in an assisted living facility. You know, wear a mask. If that's what you believe, a mask really helps, just wear a mask. I mean, geez, already. Anyway, anyway, we could complain a lot about that. But before Randall, who whose birthday is tomorrow, by the way, I should tell you, Bareface's birthday is tomorrow. Hint, hint, hint. Mm. Bareface's birthday is tomorrow. Yeah, it is. So how how you're gonna be fifty six, man? I don't look a day over sixty, do I? You are, you're good looking for your age. I have to tell you. Thanks. You're good looking, anytime I've seen you. Mm. Yeah, you are. I married you so many years ago. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. About half my lifetime ago. I married that man. Did it right, right there, that guy. Yeah handsome hunky husband of mine i married him when i was 23 yeah. and he was 28 yeah. and now you're gonna be 56 crazy crazy stuff what does it feel like to be 56 mm. almost qt lady is saying congrats remind me Thanks. your name again i'm sorry i totally forgot just went through my head i just i i know i know it i'm just like 
blanking out on it. Um, You'd think you were 56 or 65. i tell you what, my middle-aged body occasionally feels it, mm. especially playing pickleball. I actually you know, feel pretty good for my age. I'm in pretty good. I'm actually in very good shape for my age. Yeah, I am. I know you don't think it, but I am. Um, yeah, just just one more comment on the California thing. Governor okay. Newsom. You know, I don't think it's by mistake. Though, another three months. You know, uh, <sighs> California has the largest economy in the United States, and if the California Republic were really a republic, <laughs> right, and a sovereign nation, it would be the sixth largest economy in the world, ahead of the UK. But behind India, so how do you know this? Did you just Google this? Google is stuff. I knew it was. I couldn't. I knew it was in the top ten, but I didn't know. See how smart I, he I is. knew it was the largest. He just Google's it nonchalantly, looks I, it up. How can you know? You I had can trust to look the up, resource. I had to look up. Oh, wait, had, this just did. Boom. Google says. I had to look up the six. I knew it was in the top ten. I knew California had the largest economy. <laughs> Duh. Um, in the U.S., but I didn't know where it was in the world ranking. I had to look that up, I confess. I knew it was in the top ten, but six. So, you know, what What better state to hold in yeah. six months of shelter in place than the one that's going to have the biggest impact on the national economy, the number one economy? So Destroy it. You know, I think if you're in California, get out, people. If Move. It's, if it's legal to get, cross get out state of California. lines. Go somewhere else, people. I actually just You have to that. maybe sneak out in the middle of the night or go south of the border and go across and come back up. Because it's easier to cross the uh, international border than, you know, the national border than it is probably go, the state go line. Go east, young man. Yeah. Go east. All right. Well, um, I actually know somebody who's going to be going to California from here. Oh, I'm but now Business Insider says that California economy ranks fifth in the world. Wow. And we left just in time. Yeah, we did. Before the financial <laughs> meltdown of COVID nineteen in twenty twenty. Oh yeah, okay. Well anyway. All right. Well, the show is half over. I know that wow. that phew, spend time with me and Randall, Pandal Bearface. Time flies. Yeah, it does. Time flies when we don't know what we're doing. So, um, I will say, before Bareface does Bible study, that, um, first of all, thank you for tuning into the show. Indeed. We have over 6,000 followers on Periscope, and three people are in our, our room right now. Yeah, don't tell me we're not being hidden by Twitter's Periscope, because we are. Uh, we're got, being we're being hidden by everybody. We've got thirty two followers on Twitch and and one viewer right now. Yeah, hey, who Barb. are you, viewer? Hi, Barb. Barb is over on YouTube. YouTube. I don't know who else is out there, but hey, if you're out there, Bible News Radio, we made it through all the crap. Yeah, we did, and here we are, daring to go where most other Christian broadcasters refuse to go. Um, what I was gonna say is. I was going to say something. <laughs> we are in the pro we're in the process of going nonprofit. Becoming a nonprofit. We'll see how long that takes. But that will help for those of you who donate to the show, hopefully. Also, thank you for your donations. If I could go I if I could hug you all 
and just give you a big hug and say thank you for the money that you donate to me and Bareface. I totally would hug all of you and most of you actually who donated. I have actually some of you because you've come to my house. Um, <clears throat> but I want to say thank you. Also, want to remind you if you haven't and you would like to, uh, we would really like to. We're gonna we're gonna probably partner with Stephen Wood, the magician I had on last night, to do a benefit uh, so that we can raise some money to pay off Tuggy Bear's medical bills and also um the almost thousand dollars in tornado damage we got on our house recently yeah you know i mean it's just stuff it just it's stuff that happens you know that just saying um so and of course other normal expenses all that here's the other thing i just got to throw this out too if you're not a member of legal shield yet let me give you a tip <coughs> here's my tip because I'm finding this, I'm talking to more people, and I keep telling you about getting a will done. Some of you are like, hey, I got my will done, but I'm like, well, where is it? What state did you get it done in? Often it's in another state. Here's the thing. If you have a current will done, like if I had a will done in California, it's not valid in Tennessee. There is no attorney that is going to update another attorney's will. They're, that's just not how they work. They're going to do a brand new will. So if you don't have your will done yet, then the good news is you can do it for $25 with Legal Shield, And you get your health care directives, your financial power of attorney, all that stuff. That's all included. You need to get it done. If you do have your will done, make sure it's done in the state you live in. If it's not done in the state you live in, you're going to have to get a new will done. Okay, I know that's a shock. Yeah, it is. It's a shock to a lot of people I'm talking to. So look, get your will done. All right. Also, identity theft protection. If you don't have that yet, you all need it. You're online. Uh, and, and frankly, this whole pandemic thing has forced the world online to do stuff. So you should be monitoring your stuff. Even if you don't think you should, you should. Uh, at least with a one bureau plan. Um I prefer three bureau because then you're going to get the full picture. But, um, you know, we do offer that as assistance. So please consider using our service ID shield to get that done. Um, you know, and thank you in advance for doing that. Also, in case you didn't know, I'm doing a Tupperware party right now. If you want to participate in that, <laughs> just message me. I'll get you the page where you can go participate in that. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I just thought I'd throw it out there. And Spark Naturals Essential Oil, also we are an affiliate for that. If you keep watching the ticker, you can see the coupon code to save 10% on your order, John316. I had a couple orders come through this uh, couple, like today. Uh, so if that was you that used that, thank you for doing that. Uh, every little bit helps, right? And, um, you know, just keep us in prayer that way. And if you need prayer, let us know and we'll help you out as well. Okay? So I want to thank you. And by the way, Natasha... I got to share something with you, Natasha, because you're here. Um, I did this today. I, I sewed this and made this all by myself. It's like a neck, neck warmer thing. And I was asking my teacher, who is this master seamstress, um, I said, what do you think I should sew next? And she said, I don't know, how about baby clothes or something? And, and I said, aha! I had a listener tune into my show who actually became a friend of mine and she sent me 
these Cabbage Patch dolls. So I got to show her the Cabbage Patch dolls that you, you gave me. And I want to let you know that my next step after curtains for my kitchen is some baby clothes for those dolls. Just so you know. So I'm going to be making the clothes that my dolls are going to wear. Just so you know. Yeah. All right. So I thought you might find, find peace in that. Yeah, you will. Love you, Natasha. Yeah, I do. All right. Okay, now what's up next is uh, Bareface, who's almost 56 years old. <sighs> and he's my handsome, hunky husband. Yeah, he is. So you're yeah, talking about Lazarus? Yeah, I am. Good. So I was uh, asking the Lord last night what I should um, talk about at the, uh, in the Trucker's Chapel this morning. Um, just John chapter 11 popped in my head. And I was thinking yeah. it covered something else and it didn't. So, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah. Uh, so that's where we're going to go. All right. I prayerfully uh, read it this morning and there's some interesting things in there. Uh, well, it's a great book, the Bible. You should yeah, read it. Yeah, it is. All right. Do that. So, how about I pray for you as you teach God's word? How's that? All right. And uh, pray, yeah. Pray for what else? For, for all of us that, uh, you know, we would receive what the Lord has for us. Okay. All right, Father, we just come to you. Thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy, and especially for your word. Father, I just want to ask that now as Randall uh, opens your word and shares from it, that you would use it to minister to each person who's watching and who will watch the replay, um, and that you would just speak Speak to their hearts, help them to to know you more as a result, um, and to be built up in you. And I just want to say thank you for that. Lord, we also look, lift up Elijah Fitch to you as well. Lord, we pray for, for healing for him. Um, and we ask, Father, that you give um, the doctors wisdom to know what's causing his blackouts. And, uh, Father, that you would... Um, just show your, your power there. And we pray for a miracle that there would be complete healing uh, in his body. And Lord, we also pray for the whole family that you would just give them all peace, help them not to uh, stress out too much. Um, and I pray that you would um, just continue to work in their lives as well. And we lift that up to you as well in Jesus name. And uh, thank you, Father, for what you're going to teach us now in John uh, about Lazarus and resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen, people. All right, we are in John chapter 11. So if you have a Bible handy, you can get it out. If not, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to bring it up on the screen. I'm going to use the old King James Version, the old rugged book. Now, um, yes, English has changed in the past uh, 400 years, but... Um, it's that whole, I'm still stuck on the singular and uh, plural second person pronouns. That is, uh, the, thou being singular, ye and you being plural. And uh, modern English loses that. And so I like that about older English that you can tell whether something is being addressed or speaking about one person or more than one person. And it, it makes a big difference sometimes. Anyway, so, John chapter 11. 
We read, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. I'm going to stop there for now. And we learn a few things here. Well, of course, that this man named Lazarus is sick. He lives in a uh, town called Bethany. That's the same town of, of Mary and her sister Martha, uh, where we read about other places in scripture and for clarity uh, John writes that it's that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick now there is some confusion in scripture well there wasn't really confusion until I forget when it was what Pope in the Middle Ages confused Mary with um, a woman of ill repute now, Mary anointing the Lord with ointment and wiping his feet with her hair, that's recorded in the next chapter, John chapter 12. It's also in Matthew uh, chapter 26, and it's in, recorded in Mark's gospel in chapter 14. And it specifically mentions Bethany and talks about, even though um, Mary is not named in Mark 14, um, nor... Uh, in Matthew's Gospel, I think, it specifically says that it's in Bethany, and and uh, Matthew tells us that, that it's at the house of Simon the leper, and uh, Mark tells us that as well. There is another incident where Jesus was uh, anointed with oil by a woman, but that was at the house of a Pharisee, and a Pharisee wouldn't be a leper, even a former leper. Um and uh, probably not in Bethany, though it doesn't say where, but the woman there uh, not only anoints him with ointment, which would not be unusual, um, uh, a thing to do to anoint someone's head with oil, uh, but the woman in Luke chapter 7 kisses him, doesn't cease to uh, kiss him, starts kissing his feet and all over, and then, and then the Pharisee says, "Well, if, if you know what kind of prophet is this, if he knew what kind of woman this was that was uh, kissing him and touching him all over, you know, he would have trouble with it, for she is a sinner." So, because both Mary and this unnamed woman, this sinful woman of Luke seven, uh, anointed Jesus with oil, uh, there was a pope around the Middle Ages that conflated the two and said Mary was a prostitute. But no, the scripture is very clear that those are completely different incidences. Uh, all Matthew, Mark, and John all record Mary's anointing and specifically places it in Bethany and with in the house of Simon the leper, while uh, the 
isolated event in Luke chapter 7 is the house of a Pharisee and and has different aspects of it. The only thing is that's similar is anointing. It's a woman and and she does also wipe his feet with her hair. But but John's careful to point out that this is and it's in the next chapter <laughs> it records the event. Um anyway, so it's that's as an aside. That one was for free. Um so so Lazarus is sick, and therefore his sister sent unto him, sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom love is sick. Now, where is he? It doesn't say exactly where he was. Verse 6 tells us that he was um, in the same place where he was. He stayed. But verse 7, he says, let us go into Judea again when they're ready to go. So that puts him outside of somewhere, the province of Judea. He might be in Samaria or as far north as Galilee. Um, when we look at the time later on, it, it's, you know, at least, uh, at least, at least two days journey, probably more to where he was. So when the sisters sent for him, it's not like, uh, there was a telegraph available or even the Pony Express then they would have sent messengers out by foot. And that also tells us the serious of the sickness that, I mean, if, if uh, Lazarus had a cold or even flu symptoms, they probably wouldn't go to the trouble of probably hiring a messenger saying, hey, go, uh, you know, the Lord's two days away or more. Go, go tell him that Lazarus is sick. So that tells me that the sickness was, was pretty severe. If you're going to send people out on a two-day journey or more uh, to bring news, uh, they were really concerned uh, about his health that um probably concerned that he was going to die that it was a serious serious illness so the sister sent this message i love it not just lazarus but he whom you love us is sick we see that there's this tight relationship between mary and martha and their brother um but when Jesus hears it, verse 4, he said, The sickness is not unto death. Now, certainly, the disciples that were with him, uh, hanging out with him, they would have thought, well, this is a serious illness because these sisters, you know, they send messengers from I don't know how many miles away, at least two days' journey away, maybe three. And, and obviously, the sisters are real concerned uh, to send out word. Uh, and they're thinking, well, it's it's, it's life-threatening illness. The sisters thought so enough, and certainly the disciples, when the messengers came, hey, these sisters say, hey, you know, the one you love is sick. And But the Lord says, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Think about that. That's that's kind of wild. It, it oh, I got the wrong reference up there. I grabbed the wrong. Anyway, um, think about that for a minute. It brings me back to John chapter nine, a couple chapters earlier. There was a man who was born blind, and you know some of the disciples ask him, "Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?" And there's a whole another lesson there. But this idea that bad things happen to bad people. 
that certainly blindness is a, is the result of sin, and sickness is not a good thing. Uh, when sickness and life-threatening illness comes into someone's life, it's something to be concerned and worried about. So what a mind-blowing kind of thing for Jesus to say, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Do you ever think that maybe some difficulty in your life, uh, sickness, uh, a setback of some kind, a financial setback, a, a difficult relationship, um, uh, something you've been through that seems like a real trial and a real misfortune might be something God allows for his glory, that there's a greater purpose in it. You know, if we've read Romans, uh, God, you know, the epistle of the Romans last week, certainly you would have wrote, read in chapter 8 that, um, that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So two criteria there that you love, that you love the Lord and that you're called, you're responding to his call. So even if something doesn't seem to look, you know, seem pleasant or seem like a good thing, could be it's working out for glory, it's working out for good. I'm reminded also of Joseph in Egypt uh, when his brothers were finally revealed to him later age and basically confessed their sin of selling him into slavery. Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And, and the Hebrew language there is specific. It's not that it even comes out in the English, but it's, it's clear in the even Clear in the English, clear in the Hebrew. It's not that God was able to turn things around and somehow pick up the broken pieces and make something good out of it. But what they meant for evil, God meant for good. Um, he, God was behind orchestrating it and allowed the brothers in their evil desires to ultimately accomplish his will. In Acts chapter 2, I think it's verse 23, somewhere around there. Um, Peter giving that Pentecost sermon uh, to the listeners, talking about how they were responsible for crucifying the Lord. He said that uh, according to God's purpose and foreknowledge, you by lawless hands you know, have you know taken the Lord and crucified him. I'm grossly paraphrasing there, but uh, the idea is that they were doing something out of evil motives, out of wicked motives. They desired out of envy. They delivered up the Lord Jesus to be crucified. It was they were. It was lawlessness. That was wickedness. Uh, it was not righteous at all what they were doing. But they did it according to the foreknowledge and purposes of God, that God knew it was going to happen, and they ended up accomplishing His will the Lamb of God, slain before the foundations of the world. Um, it was something that God had purposed to occur, but it happened through rebellious, lawless hands. Crazy. And so we see a similar thing here. You know, a life-threatening illness, that seems like a really bad thing. But it's not a sickness unto death, it's for the glory of God. A life-threatening illness. 
was for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, I like how it, uh, John mixes up here. First, it's it's the town of Mary and his sister Martha, and um, then later here he comes and he says that uh, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Mary's not mentioned by name, but you know, see, equal love goes all around. Uh, these three siblings, he had great love for uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. So, and I don't think it's any mistake that these verses go right together. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. It's this love that drove him, this love that was his purpose for staying yet another two days in the same place rather than come running. Because he knew that this sickness was not to death, but for the glory of God. If he'd come sooner, he would have short-circuited that purpose. He would, have, he would have preempted the glorious work in the life of Lazarus and in the life of Mary and Martha, if he had come sooner. Because he loved them, because he loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, he stayed two days in the place where he was because he wanted the greater good in their lives. He wasn't looking to alleviate their immediate discomfort, their immediate suffering, but bringing a higher glorious purpose into their lives. Verse 7, then after that, he says to his disciples, after that, the two days later, he says, let us go into Judea again. So again, they were outside the province of Judea, so... Uh, that would have been Samaria, even Galilee. They were not even in the province of Judea, let alone in Bethany. Um, so his disciples said, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and thou goest thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not. But he that seeth the light of this world, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night... He stumbleth because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleep, sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. So it's like, hey, it's we're going to have to go to Judea. It's time to go to these siblings, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, um, Time to go, we're going to go to Jake. And they're like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Okay, we know he's suffering from a life-threatening illness, but we're talking Judea here. You know, last time you were even near Jerusalem, you know, the, the religious leaders were looking to stone you. Um, they wanted to kill you, and, and, and you got out of there alive. You're going back? Uh, you think that's a good idea? Think it's a good idea, Jesus? And he says, hey, if... It's 12 hours in the day. If you walk during the day, uh, if any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. That, that when the way I take this is that if you've got the divine guidance, divine guidance um, like his time wasn't up yet. It wasn't his hour had not yet come in the words of 
himself um, that with divine guidance um, and the opportunity um, that there's nothing to worry about if you're walking under the direction of God and by his by his guidance uh, for his purposes according to his will uh, there's nothing to um, be concerned about but if you're making it up as you go <laughs> and you're like well I think the Lord would do or you're doing something of your own you know your own will your own desire I, I think the Lord would want me to do this or I think this is then you could stumble anyway that's a that little sermonette but we'll go on Of course, he said, Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. And they're like, wait a minute. You know, we know, we're no physicians, but we know that, uh, you know, sleeping is good if someone's sick. They get, you know, get plenty of rest. You know, even today, doctors say get plenty of bed rest. Rest. You know, and this disciple said, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. He's going to recover. Don't wake him up if he's sleeping. How be it Jesus spoke of his death, verse 13. But when they thought that he had, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep, they didn't get it. So Jesus said to them plainly, "Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go down." Then said his, then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, or the twin unto his fellow disciples let us go that we may die with him so god bless thomas bless his heart he's thinking well lazarus is dead and jesus is going there you know to to be with him and it's like well if that's if, hey if that's what it's about that being with jesus means dying then hey let's go die with him but um wasn't necessary wow uh 658 should I try to wrap this up in two minutes, or should I go over a little bit? Um, see what's going on. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. Mary is not Mary Magdalene, by the way. Yes, right. Spot on. Yeah, there's so there are so many Marys mentioned in the New Testament. Uh, Mariam was a very popular name in the first century. Um... You know, or Miriam, you know, based because she was a, you know, famous Old Testament character. A lot of parents named their daughters Miriam, Mariam. Um, so, yeah, wasn't only in Catholic convents. <laughs> All the nuns are named Mary, but uh, a lot of Marys. And, and it takes some careful reading sometimes to sort out all the Marys uh, in the New Testament. All right. All right, well, with no complaints, I'm going to go a little bit over here. Maybe as many as ten minutes. Um, but I think I'm going to, for brevity's sake, I am going to skip down... Pick up in verse 38. Uh, you can go back and read for yourself, but 
Jesus, Yeshua, has already met with Mary and Martha, who both told them, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. And that's exactly the point. If he'd been there, Lazarus probably wouldn't have died. But then he would have missed out on the purpose that God had for him. Uh, rather than just being delivered from sickness, uh, he wouldn't have been resurrected from the dead. And, you know, sometimes that we, you know, maybe we want to cut things too short. When I say, Lord, take me out of the discomfort, you know, take me out of this uh, relational situation, take me out of this financial situation, take me out of this social situation, you know, whatever it is, this spiritual dryness or whatever it is, you know, get me out of this. This is really uncomfortable. But um, perhaps he's working a greater work rather than just to deliver you from that discomfort. Uh, the Lord plans to. Um, work a veritable resurrection so he comes to the tomb he comes jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave it was a cave and a stone lay upon it um jesus said Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Now, very important here. In, in Jewish tradition, going back for centuries, and uh, still true today, though I think it's not so much practiced widely, just amongst, um, you know, really orthodox, uh, there is the the duty of the Shomer, the one who watches over a body. When someone dies, in between the time that someone dies and they're buried, uh, lest, the, lest the body be um, desecrated somehow by rodents or something else, there's a person who is assigned, sometimes they're paid, but usually volunteer, the Shomer, if it's a guy, a shomeret if it's a woman, uh, but their but their duty is to watch over the body. And tradition says that uh, the spirit of a departed person hovers over the body for three days because um, the spirit's confused about whether you know they're alive or dead. And and then after three days, then you know, they go on to the spirit world and uh, go on to eternity and then you know then the body is buried and i think um anyway that practice i don't know how um often it is now but um so four days he's he's been dead four days so any chance that any expectation that his spirit might re-enter his body was gone uh, four four days had passed, and so Lazarus has gone on. He's dead. He's not coming back. Would have been whoops again the wrong wrong frame there. John eleven. Uh, so Jesus saith unto her, that'd be Martha, verse forty. Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. 
Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. And then all the religious leaders changed their mind, were convinced about uh, his messiahship. They they converted. No. <laughs> then many of the Jews which came to Mary had seen these things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we do? For this man does many miracles. What? Believe him? No. If we let him alone, all men will believe on him. The Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. Um, it was out of envy. It's like they had their they had their privileged position with the Roman authorities and uh, they didn't want to lose that. Even if it meant killing a man who demonstrated himself with with miracles and words and uh, teaching to be the promised Messiah. But getting back to Lazarus, that you know, it it took this. He'd been in f dead for days. Roll away the stone. Take away the stone. He says. And where there were no expectation, he'd been dead four days. Even even if there was a chance that the spirit would come back, well, that that chance was gone. This man was dead. Lazarus not coming back. It, it's you know by this time he stinketh. What is the point of rolling back this stone just to? you know, see a rotting corpse. Um, but yet, at his word, they rolled the stone. And he said, Lazarus, in a loud voice, cries a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Now that's different than the resurrection of the Messiah, where the grave clothes and the napkin, the grave clothes were undisturbed lying in place and the napkin folded up you know, the head covering in place by itself um, a whole different kind of resurrection it wasn't just re um, revivica revivification that's what the word I'm trying to get off my lips when like the life just came back into the same mortal body uh, Messiah Yeshua Jesus the Christ had a resurrected body, a uh, glorified body with which he rose. Still bearing the scars, but a different body altogether. One not bound by the the physics of earth, such as closed doors and windows and walls and things like that. Anyway, where I'm going with this, the point of all this is 
several points, but my point uh, for this chapter is again that this is darkest day. The sisters were hoping for a little miracle. Lazarus was sick, had a life-threatening illness. They wanted him delivered from this illness. They wanted to be delivered from the thought that their brother would die, the anguish and the fear they had that their brother was going to die. They wanted him to be alleviated of his suffering, this illness. But God had bigger plans. He had a resurrection in mind. Um, and so Lazarus died. He wasn't, well, he was delivered from the sickness, but not what they expected. Mary and Martha ended up grieving the loss of their brother. How sad is that? How uncomfortable is that? Grieving a death compared to worrying about a sibling that's sick. Um, you know, what seemed bad seemed to go to worse. But it was in that worse position. It was in that darkest day that the greater miracle took place. Uh, the greater glory took place in all of their lives. Uh, Lazarus, well, I don't know about Lazarus being resurrected back in the earth. He was like, probably, <laughs> dang, I thought it was done. I thought it was an eternity, and you called me back to earth. Goodness gracious. But his sisters, you know, uh, for them, they received their dead and um, had time with him once again. What, you know, uh, hard to imagine what that relationship was like going forward um, after having received your sibling back from the dead. So again, the application, the things that we're facing sometimes, often we're looking for the the little miracle. Get me out of this current discomfort. And things seem to go worse. That's not a time to lose hope, abandon the Lord, abandon our faith, and say, God doesn't care about me. You know, my my prayer is in, in vain. And, uh, you know, I prayed for this to be delivered from this. And here it is. You know, I haven't been delivered. God doesn't care. Things are, you know, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Think I'll go eat worms kind of attitude. Uh, it just gives greater, greater place for the Lord to work. Uh, greater glory. Not that we should seek out awful positions, tempt the Lord, put ourselves in dire straits, you know, uh, intentionally wound ourselves, you know, or anything like that. But uh, when things happen, um, uh, that, you know, things seem to be going worse, not to give up hope. Um, Things are going really bad for Job. They went from bad to worse. Yet there was a greater glory at the end of it. Uh, his resurrection of sorts, though he never lost his life. Um, uh, what was restored to him and you know his fame and the glory of God uh, turned out to be greater in his instances. And then Joseph, we look at so many examples from Scripture. How when things went from bad to worse, it just opened up a greater opportunity for God to work. So, again, when you see those things going on, life, on in life, uh, rather than getting more discouraged, think, wow, this is a really big, you know, God can really show up big time now. Not just for me, 
but you know, for his glory and as a testimony to everyone else. So thanks for hanging out. And if my beloved bride was here, uh, we had another meeting at the show and I've gone, took it longer than it was supposed to be. So I'm going to step in for her and remind you, like she always does, to be bold, stand up, and to go with God because he loves you. Don't ever doubt that. All right. Happy Sunday, y'all. Good night. God bless.